Today's show is all about the human library. Yes, it's about people checking out people in a safe, open environment. The human library was developed in Copenhagen in 2000 as a way to break down societal barriers, challenge prejudices, remove assumptions, shatter stereotypes, and build communities. And it's since become a worldwide phenomenon. Using the slogan, don't judge a book by its cover, the human library allows you to see a unique glimpse into the pages that make up the people you see or possibly don't see every day. That's because the books you check out are, yes, people. Books are people who have a story to tell that could help dispel assumptions or foster understanding. Human libraries around the world have offered books with titles such as Homeless, Transgendered, Wiccan, Bipolar, Living with an Addiction, Refugee, or Down Syndrome, among many other possibilities. Some libraries have offered books with unusual occupations or exceptional stories, but all with the aim of creating understanding. A collection of five or six books will be available at the Nelson Library for people to check out in the morning of March 18th with a different collection available the same afternoon. Each borrower may check out up to two books for 20 minutes and each book may be checked out up to six times. There will be suggested questions to get the ball rolling and a simple code of conduct to keep things respectful. Once selected, books will be asked to attend an orientation evening where they'll meet other books and get to ask questions. Every time I say books, it's in quotation marks. <laughs> I hope you can hear that over the radio. They need to be available for checkout during a two-hour session in either the morning or afternoon of March 18th, and there will be a lunch served between sessions so the books can chat amongst themselves and compare notes. I believe this is going to be an unforgettable experience for everyone who participates. Human libraries in Canada have happened uh, across the country, usually in the bigger centres, Calgary, Vancouver, Surrey, Toronto, and Ottawa, uh, universities such as Acadia University in Nova Scotia and the University of Toronto and in the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. These have all been locations for human libraries in the past and currently. There are plenty of YouTube videos about human library events, but the best one I found that would actually translate to radio comes from the Davies County Public Library in Owensboro, Kentucky. So I'm going to play a little clip of that um, and uh, you'll hear the American accents. Um, and for obvious reasons. The, the one thing a listening audience will miss are the book titles that that appear um, on the screen below the folks talking when you watch the video. And by the way, this video is on the Nelson Public Library Facebook page if you want to watch it. Um, so I'll just tell you now, though, that, that the people speaking uh, include some people who are checking out books and some books. And some of the books included Young Black Woman, Biracial, Atheist, Feminist, Muslim and two different voices of transgendered individuals. So, so here we go with that clip. The human library was absolutely fantastic. I love this idea of having these human books. I talked to a refugee. I talked to a feminist. I talked to a vegan. Male to female, transgender, um, lesbian, and atheist. I have checked out um, pagan. I checked out Nahid. She is a woman who is Muslim. I felt this was a very respectful way to get to understand people that you might see but you might not know their story or their challenges. It has given me so much to think about. 
Mark Twain once said that travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. But not everybody can travel around the world and meet people from these faraway places or who come from different walks of life. The library has always been a place where you can travel beyond without ever leaving. You learn a lot about the different communities that are in Owensboro, and you learn more about their lives. My experiences with the people who checked me out were very positive. Um, there were some things that we actually had in common. They had some questions that they were too afraid to ask anyone else. That they're like, oh man, I feel so comfortable talking to you. It's something you'll definitely get something out of, just being able to share in your own experiences that you may not in your everyday, day-to-day -day life have the opportunity to talk about. It was just really, really neat. I had to explain to a 12-year-old girl what feminism was for the first time. So that was like really exciting. I would love to do it again. It was really fun. It was wonderful and I'm looking forward to participating again, hopefully. If you didn't get to make it this time, come the next time. It's well worth the time. So that's a good illustration, I think, of how uplifting the human library experience can be for books and borrowers alike. Um, we're going to take a slight pause now for a public service announcement. And then in a little bit, we're going to come back and talk to one of the books in the Nelson Public Libraries human library and here we go with our public service announcement the nelson library invites book lovers to join our amnesty international book club the club reads popular canadian novels and then meets every other month to discuss the novel and the human rights issues in the story the next book is called laughing all the way to the mosque by zarka nawaz readers can order a copy through the library and come join the discussion on tuesday march 28th at 7 p.m an amnesty international volunteer will be on hand and as with any book club, tea and cookies will be plentiful. Thanks to uh, Heather Goldick, my colleague, for um, for recording that announcement, just to mix up the voices a little bit here on our Check This Out um, radio show. Uh, the um, Amnesty International Book Club is, is a lot of fun. Of course, it also has a uh, uh, very human-centered theme, and, uh, and Heather will be, um, will be hosting the next one. So you're listening to Kootenai Co-op Radio 93.5 FM in Nelson, and the show you're listening to right now is Nelson, the Nelson Public Library's Check This Out. I'm your host, Anne Grace. We're back to talk about the Human Library happening at the Nelson Public Library on Saturday, March 18th. Some of the books you might see on the shelf include titles such as PTSD, Gender Queer, Alcoholic in Recovery, Quaker Peace Activist, Mixed Race, Grief and Grief Counselor, among others. The, the books are still coming forward, and, um, and it's pretty exciting the people that have, uh, have had the courage and the interest to want to be a human book. So uh, I do have a human book with me today. Panina, could you please tell me your title? Living Organ Donor. <laughs> What's a Kidney Between Friends? That's a great title. I really like I like the subtitle, too. Um, so uh, I'm interested. So what prompted your interest in the Human Library? In the Human Library? Well, I read about it. I read your article, Anne. And <laughs> uh, I thought, um, gee, I have an interesting little piece in my life that others might be interested in. So maybe I could be part of the Human Library. Um, I also thought that if people heard the story, perhaps they would be inspired to consider being a living organ donor. There's a great need. And what made you decide to be a living organ donor? 
Well, I heard about a friend of mine who was in need. I had no idea that this person was in renal failure uh, because this person looks very healthy. I also learned that we were the same blood type. And then I simultaneously was hearing about living uh, kidney donors and some stories on CBC radio of people who had made a donation uh, to an anonymous recipient um, and then later met their recipient and how, what an amazing experience it was. And I thought, I'm healthy. I can do this. And so that was the beginning. Did it take a measure of courage on your part to, to, to sort of take that step or, you know, I mean, it, it's, I, I mean, I assume that when people are checking you out, they're going to want to know a lot of things about about what that was like. Maybe you could tell us a little more and give us a sneak preview. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the, it's now been it's been almost six years since the actual transplantation happened, um, and so there was a, a lead up of probably close to two years. Um, I don't know. If I would say courage, everybody else tells me it was very courageous. But for me, it was more of, it's not a lot of skin off my nose. and um, (laughs) (laughs) Or someplace in your body. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it will definitely benefit another person. Um, So I I would say that I had some very deep, pensive moments. But I, I wouldn't it was courageous. There were a lot of things working in my favor, not the least of which was, you know, when a, um, a job that had a good uh, sick leave plan. Oh, okay, and you had a supportive employer for yeah. that as well. So I guess yeah. that's probably pretty. Well, a good union. Too. A good union. Yeah, because it's a chunk out of your out of your life. Yeah, because you're off. Uh, I took two months. Right. Wow. Well, courage, and I suppose there is something about um, being able to give that gift, isn't there? It does feel good. Uh, but when I see my friend now who can travel without being attached to a dialysis machine, and, um, you know, I just knowing that and knowing what, a, what that means to my friend, um, it's always a good feeling. Yeah, I imagine. Um, are there other things that people do? I don't. You may. You must. You probably know a whole lot about being living about living organ donation just through having done it yourself. And I don't know that I know a lot. There. Oh, okay. Um, well, I I I know like I know bone marrow transplant is supposed to be one of the most difficult because it's painful for the donor. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe more painful for the donor than the recipient, I don't know. Um, recently, or in the last couple of years, I have heard uh, about someone that I know who has a, a rare form of cancer, and I had said to his wife, you know, if need be, if I'm a match, I would be willing to be a bone marrow transplant wow. if that would help. Okay, so that's... But fortunately, he doesn't need that. Okay. They're doing something different. But that does speak to the power of the previous experience, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take a little break. I'd like to come back to you in a minute if that's okay, Panina. I just, um, I'd like to play this song. And, um, 
the title of the album is Human, which I think is terribly appropriate, and it's by the 1980 song by Bruce Coburn, so a good Canadian iconic musician, and, uh, and I think the title is really appropriate too. It's called Fascist. We haven't really listened to it. Here it is. Fascist architecture of my own design Too long to keep in mind Love can find You tore me out of myself alive Those fingers drawing out While the magnificent facades crumble and burn The billion facets of brilliant love The billion facets of freedom turning in the light Bloody nose and burning eyes Uh, fascist Architecture by Bruce Coburn off the 1980 album Humans. And uh, Panino was asking me as we were listening to it why I thought um, the song was appropriate with a title like Fascist Architecture. And the way I read the song was that uh, it was about um, about putting up barriers and uh, not being able to, to see people for who they are. When you were listening to that, did that sound... Like it had that message to you, mm-hmm. Pania? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful song. And of course, um, how old was I in 1980? I was 20. Um, and it, it's a song that actually really resonated with me mm-hmm. um, as I was sort of exploring what it was like to be a young human in the world. And Seems uh, like that's what the Human li- Library is about, though, is to break down barriers. Exactly. To break down barriers and to figure out what it's like to be human in the world mm-hmm. and with other humans. And, mm-hmm. um I'm really excited about this project. I have to tell you, it's it's a huge educational piece this time around because it's new to Nelson. It's um, and so there, I, I do a lot of explaining, 
Um, and uh, there's a lot of people who are just curious and want to know more about it, um, who are coming forward thinking they might want to be books, but just kind of feeling it out. And I'm so happy to talk to people because mm-hmm. if, uh, if folks don't want to be a book this year, maybe they'd like to be a book next year. You know, ask the questions. Um, for anyone who's thinking maybe they'd like to be a book in the future, they have a story to tell that could bridge that kind of understanding, um, come check out a book this year. You know, come see what it's really like. Um, I, I think, I think it does take a bit of a courage to tell your story, um, especially if it's a story that involves, um, discrimination against you personally or, or with you've experienced stigma or prejudice or that sort of thing. Your story is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is bridging understanding because there's a lot of people that just don't really know about what it is to be a living organ donor and who may be just kind of worried. One of the things I, I wondered about, you know, in your case, you gave a kidney to a friend. Did that change your relationship in any way? With that person? With that person, yeah. Uh, I would say so, because um, we, I would say at the time of opening the conversation about donating, we were more like acquaintances. We had a mutual friend who passed away, and um, then when I learned of, well, I would say then my acquaintances, um, need, uh, I approached her and she, she and I started having conversations and we have become very good friends since then. Um, so yeah, I would say it has changed my relationship with her. We might've always just stayed acquaintances. Right. Yeah. And I imagine it's, um, yeah, I'm sure it's a bonding experience. I mean, how could you go through that and, and, and not feel closer? I guess I was kind of wondering, um, and I, I understand that you're keeping the identity of the person that you donated mm-hmm. the kidney to um, confidential, and of course you should. Um, I, I can imagine a situation where um, the level of gratitude on the part of the recipient might actually make things awkward. I, I, I don't imagine that happened in your case, but I, I wonder if you've heard any stories about it. Well, it, it's actually been awkward for me okay. because, um, you know, initially she wanted to buy me lots of things and, and uh, give me lots of things, and I didn't want her to. I just, it, if she, I wanted her to value me as a person, mm-hmm. not be, you know, grateful for the kidney. I mean, we had lots of jokes about, you know, now that, my kidney is in this other body. <laughs> Will this other body become more like me? So anybody who knows me knows that I'm athletic and I exercise every day. I used to run. I don't anymore. But would would my friend now start running? <laughs> Didn't happen. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think maybe if you gave your frontal lobe or something. <laughs> So um, when when we first started talking about you being a human book, um, we um, uh, we talked about sorts of questions uh, mm-hmm. people might ask you, and and that is something that I want to um, or I, I want to work on in concert with the people who come forward to be books to come up with a title um, and even possibly a subtitle. In your case, it was Living Organ Donor. What's a kidney between friends? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a really great title. Um, and uh, and a little descriptor, uh, so that people who are checking out the book can sort of know what they're checking out. 
And then because conversations between humans, I mean, when you go pick up a book, you're just picking up a book. But a, a living book mm-hmm. is somebody who's who's breathing and blinking and talking to you. Um, if coming up with a few possible questions um, that the book suggests uh, is a great point of departure for conversation. And uh, I don't. I think that when I was writing out the script for today's program, I included some of them. And one of them was, um, how were you evaluated, and what criteria did you need to meet? Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure can. Um, well, the first thing that I had to do was to present myself by phone to the, um, I guess, organ donation people or the renal unit uh, at Vancouver General Hospital. And they asked me to do a lot of uh, laboratory tests, so that was the first sweep. It was, it was not enough that... Um, my blood type and my friend's blood type were the same. Um, there's a lot of other things that have to be a match. Um, so lots of testing. Lots of testing happened. But then I had to go down there. I had to be physically tested. Um, I had to have full physicals. I had to have uh, CAT scans. And then there was a, a psychological evaluation as well. I was interviewed oh. by a, a social worker who wanted to make very sure that I am emotionally stable and that I wasn't being pressured. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I imagine with a family member donor, that could be the case in particular. Is that a danger, do you think? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, mean, our, I think our just... system here in Canada is very careful to... Oh, to uh, the other thing that she wanted to make sure is that I wasn't being paid. Right. <laughs> So, um, an ethical question. In yeah, that a lot one. of yep. ethical co- components to it. Um, so the the part that was really interesting to me was the the piece about making sure that I was emotionally stable. I wasn't okay. going to become depressed, or I wasn't doing this to get out of depression, or something like that. Right. I have one final question before we wrap up, which we have to do fairly soon. But mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to know. When you told people, or maybe you kept it quiet, but for the people that you did tell that you were going to do this, friends, family, um, what kind of response did you get? Was there anyone who said, you're crazy? What are you doing, Camille? Uh Some people said, God, I could never do that. Okay. Um, I, I have to admit that I didn't tell my mother because she's very neurotic and she, would, she wouldn't have, she would have worried. Right. <laughs> so... Um, uh, but most people were, you know, very, wow. One very interesting response that I got from somebody who's quite religious and feels that, you know, only religious people can be good people, he was amazed that I could do such a thing without being Christian. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, I guess you, I mean, you do something like this and, and you, of course, are going to learn a lot about other humans in the world. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean just accepting all the different places that we come yeah. from when you put yourself out there. Um, so I, I guess what the conversation that you're going to have with people on March 18th, um, uh, they'll they'll be given some questions to get the ball rolling, and of course mm-hmm. they're free to ask other questions, and you're free to say that's too personal a question. Yeah, and you, I will if it's if too you personal. Feel you need to. Yeah. And uh, and and it's all about respect and uh, and and just being. Um, being open with one another. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited, Nina, that, that you're, you want to become book, um, 
So, um, so thank you for coming in to tell us about your newfound bookness. <laughs> Anyone listening who'd like to know more about becoming a book or about the Human Library Project can call me and Anne Grace at, here's the phone number, my direct line, 250-505-5684, or you can email a degrace a-d-e-g-r-a-c-e at nelson.ca. The Human Library takes place on Saturday, March 18th. You've been listening to Check This Out, the Nelson Public Library show about all things library on Kootenai Co-op Radio, CJLY at 93.5 FM. My name is Anne DeGrace. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This library smells like leather And a sweet talk sounds like prose And he looks so cute in his brown tweed suit When his glasses slip down his nose Check him out, check him out, he makes me charm He makes me shout, put the book on Shelf and check him out. He says, Tolls for such a sweet boy. The wolf is just a gem. For when the nights are long, it's an Erica John. Wah, 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 again. Check him out, check him out. He makes me jump and he makes me shout. Put the book on the shelf and check him out. Come on.